Hello, welcome to You Don't Know Mojack. My name is Ryan. My name is Brent. And this episode, we're discussing SST60, where we answer the age-old question of who's got the ten and a half. Mm-hmm. It's the live album by Black Flag. It's one of my favorites, actually. I actually like this better than the Live 84, but it's not because it's better. It's just because I always had this one. I got that Live 84 one a lot later. But I'm interested to hear what you have to say about it, Brandt, as well. What about spiels, Ryan? Do you have any of those? Oh, man. You know, I have kind of a philosophical spiel that came to mind the other day. It's kind of a, I don't know what you would call it, a, a philospiel. Okay, that works. Philosophospiel? Philosophospiel. Uh, there you go. Attaboy. <laughs> I was just thinking, like, this is, except for a couple of EPs, this is the last, I think, except for, you know, the reformed Black Flag, 100 or 200, whatever, 300 releases into the future. Yeah. What's that What's that one called again? Uh, what the? What's, what's this? Yeah, something like that. No, it's called What the, I think. Yeah. So that one, which uh, I've listened to a couple of times, but anyways, like this is, I think, the last full length, except for maybe that Wasted Again comp. Yeah, but it's the lot. I mean, we've talked about everything, I think, that's still going to come out. You know, those EPs? Yeah, yeah. We've talked about those tracks, or we're going to talk about one of them tonight, Annihilate This Week, a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. And we've been talking the last few episodes about kind of a new era in SST. And I was just thinking, you know, this is SST 60. And the name of this podcast is You Don't Know Mojack. I was just thinking, what happens when we get to 320 and we actually know Mojack? What then? (laughs) Well, (laughs) then we will hopefully be in the the final stretch and no one will give a shit anymore. (laughs) (laughs) Most of all us, I'm sure. Yeah, I was just, I don't know, it's a philosophical spiel. I was just thinking, like, we're still learning a ton, right? And, oh, yeah. And, um, so I'm hoping that even when we know Mojack, we still won't really know Mojack. Does anybody really know Mojack? I don't know. Maybe you know Mojack if you're swa. <laughs> anyways, that's that's my spiel. I think it's because I'm still on lots of cold medication. But anyways, keep going. All right, I got a worm spiel, Ryan. Oh, I know what your worm spiel is, but lay it on me. Yeah, most most people listening to this probably saw this. So they're, I guess, reissuing the worm album, Feast. Well, it's more than just Feast. So it's called Worm Exhumed. It's a double album. And as far as I can tell, it's got the Feast album on it. Uh, it's got the We're Off, I'm Dead single. It's got... The, the song Death Ride, which is on Blasting Concept 2. It's got Modern Man off the Radio Tokyo tapes. It does not include a track that was on a comp called The Sound of Hollywood called I'm Taking Over. But what it does have is six unreleased tracks, at least as far as I can tell. It's got some tracks called Black Swan, Sewer Rock, Daily Dose, one that's just called Guitar, Depth Charge, and one called I've Heard It Before. Yeah, and I thought I've heard that song before too, but it's like... Well, that's a Black I've, Flag track. I know, yeah. I know. I read that it's uh, it's a like a different... It's supposed to have different music, but maybe the same lyrics. Yeah, apparently it's got liner notes by Chuck Dukowski, so 
really looking forward to hopefully getting my hands on that. It's like a record store day release, which is limited. I'll save my opinions on record store day for a different podcast, but no spiel, spiel away, man. Oh, I've had to, I've had to stand in those lines. It sucks hard. Yeah. It's just bullshit. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Just release the album for anybody who wants it. You know, I'm pretty sure this worm two LP, there's like a thousand or 2000 made and pretty sure if I want to copy, I'm going to end up paying, you know, 50 us plus shipping yeah. for sure. Yeah, for sure. Brutal, totally brutal. Anyways, but yeah, I saw that. I was stoked. I hope I can eventually one day find it. I'm sure a whole bunch of eBay flippers are going to buy it, and then maybe four years from now, it'll show up at a at a record fair or something, which will be really cool. Yeah, I hope they get, all get stuck with it, like all the people I see at the record fairs trying to uh, sell that Powell Peralta soundtrack. <laughs> <laughs> The search for animal chin. <laughs> yeah. The other thing about Record Store Day that's just horrendous is that they re-release like really common stuff for no reason, like major label stuff oh, that I you know. can find everywhere. Yeah. Like uh, I was flipping through a bin in a like a bookstore that I go to that started stocking vinyl. They've got a bunch of Record Store Day stuff and they had like a reissue of the George Thorogood album, Move It On Over. Oh, man. Which you can find for eight bucks everywhere. Yeah. Wow. Well, I'm sure it's remastered on 180 gram vinyl and you've never heard it like this before. Right. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. You know, the more worm, the better. Interesting, though, that Loud Lou didn't mention that, right? I guess he's not in the loop on that. Maybe not. Yeah. It might have come together pretty quickly. Who knows? Yeah. A little late. Because uh, when was Lou on? He was on the Feast album podcast, right? Yeah, he was. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, maybe, and that's, I don't know, a couple of months ago, I guess. Yeah, maybe, maybe it did come to Maybe he knew about it and just couldn't talk about it. You never know. Possible. He was probably under, uh, you know, what do they call that? A non-disclosure agreement. Gag order? Gag order, probably. NDA. There yeah. you go. Yeah. Should we find out who's got the 10 and a half, Ryan? Oh, I can't wait to find out. History lesson, part one. All right, so Ryan, the last time we talked about Black Flag was on the In My Head episode, and we had talked about, kind of, we kind of skipped over this era and to, to kind of go back to it. So this is the 85 tour, and when we last left Black Flag, Bill Stevenson had just quit the band or been fired, depending on who you ask. So uh, I went through Get In The Van again, because I've kind of been doing that to, to see what I can pull out of there for journal entries, and I found one. For May 5th of 1985, again, I think we mentioned this, but it was April 27th of 85 when, when Bill quit Black Flag. May 5th journal entry, Henry did a talking show with Exene in San Francisco. Uh, they slept at Systematic Records. Joe from Angst put them up, and Henry says, Angst is now on SST. I think that's great. They went on after me and Exene had done our thing. They were great as usual. I think we mentioned that uh, journal entry on the In My Head episode. And uh, while he's away on that trip, they hire Anthony Martinez on drums. And uh, here's a quote from that book, Bard for Life, that I, that I found from Kira. She says, When Bill left the band, a strange transition happened because I was expected to teach the new drummer all of the songs just three weeks before a four-month tour. 
When Bill was kicked out, I was devastated because it was my most powerful relationship in the band. I felt a little uneasy because the longest tour was coming up. I didn't have my closest friend going with me. Uh, this is also the era where Kira kind of dressed up for the tour. If you remember, she came to a photo shoot that they had set up with Anthony and kind of done up like, you know, like Madonna or something. Yeah. And Henry made a comment that it would be cool if she dressed that way for the whole tour. So she said, give me some money and I'll do it. And uh, she bought a bunch of lace and started wearing makeup, high heels. She dyed her hair purple. <laughs> There's a quote, I think it's in that Bard for Life book where she said, I had to solicit some advice from some valley girls to come up with some clothing ideas. Yeah, funny how in the pictures on this record, you can hardly even see Kira, though. Yeah. Well, she might have been out of the band when this came out, you know. Oh, yeah. Possible. It might have been a little bit of, like, the whole Chavo Pederast thing again. Left on the cutting room floor. Yep. So May 20th, 85 was the first show of the 85 tour. That was in Phoenix. They slept at Meat Puppet's house, but the band was away on tour. Greg had to fly out to meet the band for this show. He had been in the studio for two days straight, presumably mixing Loose Nut. And uh, this is really the start of Henry's um, writing a lot from the rider truck. He's really, um, he's sleeping in it a lot. He's really a a starting to get alienated from the rest of the band and the, the crew. They're doing lots of two set shows, like two sets in a day. Uh, he's doing lots of in-store talking shows earlier in the day, tons of college radio interviews. I found some stuff where he talks about Vitus a little bit. Here's a quote. People didn't like St. Vitus. They threw things and jeered. That was in Boston. I am watching Scotty from Vitus sleeping across the floor from, from me. He's sleeping with his arm around his clothes bag. I guess he misses his girlfriend. I don't miss... <laughs> I don't miss anyone or anything. I feel the alienation running through my veins. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, his journal entries of this era are particularly cranky. Yeah. And uh, I just like that one because supposedly Scott Riegers from St. Vitus quit the band to, to, uh, because of his girlfriend, missing his girlfriend. Here's some of the bands they, they toured with on, in 85. For May and June, they brought along DC3 and Twisted Roots. Uh, for July, it was St. Vitus and Tom Tricoli's Dog. And July and August was Swa and Tom Tricoli's Dog. Here's another journal entry. Talked to Dukowski yesterday. He told me that my spoken tour for fall is almost all booked. And if you remember, I think we talked about this in the Family Man episode, uh, for September and October of 85, he rented the Black Flag van off of them, off the band, and went out uh, as soon as the tour ended on a, on a speaking tour, kind of his first one. Here's an interesting journal uh, entry I found, Ryan, from August 17th, 85. Come September, we start looking for another bass player for the band. That was in Vancouver. Here's the most important one from this tour, maybe, uh, from August 23rd in Portland. Tonight's show is being taped. 16-track stereo for the live 85 record. 
The last 30 shows or so have been the best playing this band has ever done. Anthony is a great drummer. So that's the, the show we're talking I agree. about. Anthony's a good drummer, man. Yeah, we're going to get to that. I really noticed it on this album as well. Yeah, I didn't notice it before. I noticed it this time listening around, though. Yeah, me too, big time. Uh, August 27th, Tom, as in Tom Tricoli, is pulled off stage and uh, he breaks his leg on, this, on a skating rink floor. And here's a quote from Tom. This time out, I tried to be a bit more restrained with the jamming, concentrating on trying to sell the soon-to-be-released LP. In the middle of Suicide, which is a song on that LP, a trio of young goons was unplugging his gear. Uh, he tried to stomp their heads, uh, but he played barefoot, so it didn't work. He got, pull <laughs> he, he, he got pulled from the stage, fractured his foot badly, and spent the last three gigs of the tour in the van, messed up on codeine. Here's another interesting journal quote uh, from October 19th. Uh, Rollins talks about, playing, about uh, seeing Bad Brains playing Long Beach. They played a handful of new songs which were real good. Reignition, She's Calling You, I Taped the Show, Came Out Sounding Good. Ooh, I know what records those are going to be on. Yeah, that's coming out, you know, in like five episodes maybe from now. Yeah, high against eye. Imagine the tape library that some of these guys have, Ryan. There is a, uh, do you know that that uh, website like Tapehead City or yeah. whatever? Yeah, I know it, yeah. Yeah, so they posted recently like there's a documentary on cassette tapes and rollins is on it and he's he's sitting i can only assume in his archives and his archives i think are pretty insane mm -hmm. um if you if you believe what he says i've never actually seen like extensive photos or anything but if it's the rollins archive he has walls of live tapes wow. just walls wow. yeah i gotta watch that documentary yeah me too here's a kind of uh well, this kind of, just check this journal entry out and you'll see where I'm going with this. September 1st, last show with Kira. During Louie Louie, the last song in the set, I did a whole thing about Kira since it was her last show with Black Flag. I did some raps about getting rid of cancer, etc. <laughs> Brutal. Yeah. Obviously, I don't know how much we've talked about Kira leaving the band, but... I found some stuff on that. Here's from Spray Paint the Walls. Here's Kira. When Greg said he didn't want to play with Bill anymore, that was a big moment for me. I had a talk with Greg, and I was a little forthcoming about my not liking how it had all gone down. Yeah, he wanted to make the tour happen, and me playing on the tour was great, but I but did I have the loyalty he demanded of a member of Black Flag? She kind of talks about that maybe being the... Sowing the seeds of her demise in Black Flag, maybe that that conversation that she had with Greg in her mind, anyways. Yep. Rollins is super hard. Like the first edition of Get in the Van. Yeah. Anyways, I I've, I seem to recall reading something about he maybe changed the forward in a later edition to kind of make up for this. But his at least the first edition, and that's the one that I have. He's super harsh on Kira, like multiple times in that book. Yeah, I have them both, and I I actually have. Pulled out a, a quote from the 2000 forward, uh, the 2004 afterward. So I'll read oh, that okay. in a bit. Uh, here's okay. some more from Spray Paint the Walls, though. So she discovered mid-trip that the 85 tour would be her last. 
she's quoted in there saying, I was supposed to study for my final quarter at UCLA that fall, and it appeared they had a tour booked during that time, which was news to me. This is in Bard for Life. We had finished the Live 85 video and the Who's Got the Ten and a Half record. I called Mike Watt, who worked at SST, and he told me they were scheduling a tour when I was still going to be in school. And, uh, you know, the long-standing deal they had with her was that they would book tours around her schedule. <laughs> I mean, I, she's quoted in, in some of the books as saying, like, she literally got dropped off <laughs> out of the van at the end of a tour, like, at first class. Day, at class, yeah. Yeah, yeah, when they book a tour, when she knows she's going to be in school, you get the hint, right? Yeah. She goes on, I was going to be out of the band, I knew. There was no need to have this conversation with them. And then uh, she talks about, this is again in, in that book, Bard for Life. At an awkward meeting with Chuck at a restaurant down the street from the office, we talked about business like the amp and how we were going to break things off. So they, they went their separate ways after the tour ended and Kira apparently called SST to find out what was going on and Chuck fired her. And this is a quote from Chuck. Greg made me his axe man. I was the one who told Kira and Bill they were kicked out of flag, and I didn't think they should have been. Hmm. This is from that book, We Were Going to Change the World by Stacey Russo, which is, uh, do you know which one that is, Ryan? I mentioned it before. The, uh, the female punk book? Yeah, yeah. Uh, Kira says, Black Flag certainly forced me out. That is just a statement of fact as to why. They just didn't want to play with me anymore. I mentioned the 2004 afterward of getting the van. Here's some stuff from Henry. He writes, if you have read this book, you will see that in parts, I am pretty hard on Kira. I am sure if Kira kept a journal, I wouldn't have fared all that well from her side either. We were living hard in those days and a lot was asked of us and we weren't always all that kind to each other. He, he goes on about, uh, you know, how hard Kira played and how she, you know, never complained. But this is a good point he makes. If you look at the credits on the Black Flag recordings, Kira is the bass player on Slip It In, Family Man, The Process of Weeding Out, Loose Nut, Live 84, In My Head, Who's Got the Ten and a Half, and Between 1984 and 85, on stage with Black Flag, only a few sets short of 300 times. Her importance in the band's history is undeniable. And besides all that, she's just a great person. Better late than never. Yeah. I guess, hey? So you have both editions of yeah. Getting the Van? Yeah. Whoa, man. Is that the only difference, the afterward? Uh, I think there's more pictures in the second one. Oh, okay. Hmm. I'm well, pretty sure I bought Getting the Van when I was in high school, like right after it came out, and it cost like way more money than I could afford. And I, I basically like locked myself in my room and read it from start to finish when I bought, brought it home for the first time. Yeah, me too. You know, back then you couldn't, you, it wasn't like it is now where there's every band has a book or a documentary, you know, I remember when that John Lydon book came out in the nineties, early nineties. No Irish, no blacks, no, no what dogs. Is it, dogs. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there was nothing like point. it. There was hardly anything like it. Even 15 years ago, you know, there was like, our band could be your life. Uh, 
We got the neutron bomb. Right. Please kill me. Please kill me. That'd be about it, eh? There wasn't. It wasn't like it is now. That's for sure. No, they're definitely cranking them out now. Yeah. <laughs> Which is great, but uh, you definitely treated them a bit differently, I guess, when they were so sparse back then. Like they, I remember, like uh, that. Please kill me. I'm pretty sure I read that like four times yeah. the year I bought it. Yeah, for at sure. Le- at least four times. Yeah. Nothing else to read. Might as well read that again. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Now I've got a huge stack. Yeah. Yeah. Quit bragging about your books. <laughs> do you want to talk about like the actual album the music and the art yeah let's do it history lesson part two let's do the tracks ryan okay so there are three different versions of this the cd the cassette and the lp the cd the cd and the cassette have the same tracks i believe and the LP does not. So as we go through these, I'm going to be mentioning what's on where. Okay. Whoa. Well, just so you know, I've only I've only ever had the CD actually. Okay. So I'm interested to know whether that means I have extra tracks or not. You have you have extra. Right on. Yeah. I thought who's got the ten and a half actually came out on a ten inch as well. I could have swore I saw that one one time. Yeah, I don't know about that, but it's um, most of the tracks that aren't on the full-length LP, which is what I have, are on Annihilate this week. Oh, okay. Yeah, but we'll get to that. So uh, track one, Loose Nut, is on all of them. Is it fair to say, like, they were, they were, like, Loose Nut was pretty fresh on this tour, right? Yeah. And that's why you see so many of the songs. Yeah. I'm, I'm glad we both ended up on the, in the same place with Anthony Martinez. Man, like, to me, he's the star of this album. For me, like, he really is suited to the Loose Nut and In My Head songs, especially Loose Nut stuff, because it's a little, little more rock. Rock, for sure. It's way more rock. Yeah. You know what? And I think when I was a kid listening to this, I was still just like, the only black flag drummer is Bill Stevenson. I think that's what I thought, right? Like yeah. there's no one else can come close. I just don't think I've listened as intently. Yeah. Well, that's part of it too. But I, I would just like, for me, the black flag lineup other than, you know, Keith and Des singing is with, with Bill, Kira and Henry. That's well, my line. I, that's mine too. And, for me, like the the My War era stuff on here is not as good. And and I'll get to why when we get to the individual tracks, but I really like Anthony on the, the loose net loose nut and in my head stuff. Yeah. Plus he drums in jeans, it looks like. <laughs> <laughs> Look at that. He's drumming in jeans, man. That, wow. That's pretty awesome. That's total Phil Rudd action. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they're real ball huggers too. <laughs> uh, Loose Nut starts off the album. Anthony really likes playing on the ride, which I am generally a fan of. Yeah, me too. I like how he hits the ride symbol during the chorus on this. Here's the thing for me about this album. I generally find Greg Ginn's guitar tone to be a little weak for me. Okay. His tone. Bert- 
his tone okay it's it's shrill is that what you mean it's shrill there's just it's like he didn't play through uh through any pedals as far as i know yeah maybe uh, it's all the maybe it's all the duct tape maybe i mean he's still playing his damn arms dan armstrong on this album it didn't get stolen until the 86 tour so i don't know it's maybe not as distorted as 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 what i like i, I mean i have bootlegs of this tour that to me sound better hmm. okay track two i'm the one is on all of the releases again i love this song i love this version uh, i love this better than the the album version myself and and uh anthony's playing that right again and it works Okay, uh, track three, Annihilate This Week, is on, it's not on the LP. It's on the CD, the cassette, and it's on SST81, the Annihilate This Week, 12-inch EP. Aha. As I said when we heard this song on the album version, I love this riff. Greg, to me, sounds like he's playing with a whammy bar on this, but that's all neck, you know? Yeah, he's, he's bending it for sure. Yeah. Kira's on vocals here which is new. Usually it was Mugger or Tom Tricoli or one of the roadies doing backing vocals. Yeah, it's a little weak, hey? It is. If And there, I was watching some videos. I was actually trying to find that Live 85 video on YouTube, but I couldn't find it that, uh, that I mentioned earlier. Mm -hmm. I couldn't find it, but I found this video of like Henry like playing in these cargo shorts like surfer length cargo shorts tan like oh. khaki ones not like his uh his his little tight speedo soccer shorts i was wondering if maybe they got stolen because i remember again in the van passage where he's complaining oh, yeah. complaining about them getting stolen and he's really mad yeah. <laughs> oh man he must have felt like such a dork yeah <laughs> oh man you met, and he probably had to beg Grin for some money to go buy shorts. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Here's a quote I found about Annihilate this week. Apparently, it was a response to Everybody's Working for the Weekend, which was popular at the time. By Loverboy? Yeah. Oh, man. That's too bad. Yeah. <laughs> In this video that I just mentioned with the cargo shorts, like during this song, you know, during the call and response, like I'm a smoking and drinking thing. You're a yep. regular sex machine. Henry's kind of like hamming it up. Yeah. Like, like Peshaw to your, to Kira's responses. Yeah. It's a little bit cheesy. I have to be honest. There are, I mean, when you read up on some, like some of the, I don't know, commentary on people who saw this tour, Mm -hmm. They, I think this is some of these performances where Henry was going, you know, full Henry, I think is maybe what, what people started to maybe get a bit turned off of Henry with black, like black flag with Henry. Right. Cause maybe. I think he was just look at the pictures of him too. Right. In, in the, in the sleeve, like he would be, he could put off people for sure. Just oh, yeah. his look. Right yes. in his persona and his stance, for yeah. sure. Yeah. When you read the journal entries from this era, he's really griping about people trying to take a round out of him too. Oh yeah, for sure. Uh, the next track is "Wasted." That is only on the CD and cassette. It's not on 
the LP of this and it's not on Annihilate this week. It's a pretty rockin' version. I've been on record before, I think, as saying I don't really like it when Henry does Keith and Ron songs. The lyrics generally don't fit his persona to me. Yeah, it's a Keith song, period. Yeah. Uh, A-side track three, Bastard in Love. Just okay for me. I don't really like the studio version of this song either. It's got some cowbell in it that yeah. I'm, I'm not huge on for this. Is that the first Black Flag cowbell? I was trying to think when I'm listening to this again, I'm going, that's cowbell. I've yeah. never realized that. Yeah, might be. Track four, Modern Man. That's also on all of the releases. Uh, I love the creepy crawl at the beginning of this song. The real Sabbathy, like they do. They do it really well on this version. The yeah, it still is one of my favorite Black Flag songs. I just love the bass line. That's yeah. That's that's some of Chuck's best writing. Love it. Yeah, I I really I wrote I really like Anthony's Tom fills. And he, he uses the ride a lot again in this song, and it works. I like it. When Kira's comes in on the bass riff, it's just awesome because she speeds it up. Do you think Anthony's so good at drumming because of the mullet? <laughs> probably didn't hurt. Yeah. probably It's probably a combo of the jeans and the mullet. You know what else I like about Anthony's drumming on this is he plays straight on the pre-chorus. Like, instead of the, the kick going, do, 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 do. Yeah. He, he plays living tomorrow. I like it better. Yeah, it's kind of robo-esque almost. Yeah, yeah, it is actually now that you say that. Uh, track five, This Is Good, is on all of, all of the versions. More cowbell here. <laughs> yeah, I just wrote, I really like Anthony's drumming again. And uh, I wrote... Uh, a little reminder that Greg, he was Greg Ginn's favorite drummer in Black Flag. Like he, he stayed right to the end, right? Yes. Anthony joins, Kira leaves, Sal joins, then, they're, then they end. Yeah. Okay. Track six, In My Head. Henry introduces, introduces this as a new one. This is a strong song for Henry, vocally, one of his strongest. Yeah, it is. Yeah. And this is a great version of that song. Then we're back to CD cassette only, uh, Sinking. And it's also on the Annihilate This Week 12-inch. Uh, I don't like this song. I think I said it during the In My Head episode. Yeah, it's not the greatest. Yeah, Gin's, Gin's playing for me is weak on this one. And I'm a total Gin head. Do you have the jam on the LP? No. Next? No. Okay. That's the only one on the CD where anthony gets a credit oh does he yeah the song jam like it's just a jam right and uh the credit is greg kira and anthony okay uh best one yet is cd only or cd and, cd and cassette i should say oh and uh it's also on annihilate this week it's a good version kira is rock solid here is what i wrote She's rock solid the whole set. Yeah, she is. I'm not sure I've ever said anything negative about Kira, except perhaps her vocals on this live album. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and then you flip the LP over, and you're on side B. 
So we start side B with my war. It's de decent version. Again, it's not my fave. Uh, I need bell drumming on this song. Yeah, it doesn't. You don't get nearly as pumped on this version. Yeah, Anthony's take is interesting, but uh, same with slip it in for me. It's it doesn't doesn't get me going as much. Kira's in again on vocals, which is interesting. Henry's kind of hamming it up a little bit, like right before the solo, he yells out "Jelly Roll." <laughs> Which, you know, is kind of stepping on Gin's leads a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> then he goes into uh, one of his Rollins raps. Uh, and then they go into Gimme, 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 which is where he does the the famous Who's Got the Ten and a Half bit. Right. So end the insanity, Brant. Who's got it? Kira's got the ten and a half. Yeah. There was, there was never any doubt. Yeah. <laughs> Apparently, he first did the Who's Got the Ten and a Half rap at the Stone in San Francisco. This is Kira in Spray Paint the Walls. Henry started that rap, and it went on for months. He used to joke back in the early days that I played the bass like a big black man, and I used to talk about wanting to have a big black man's hands to replace mine. <laughs> so, there you go. Uh, then they go into Gimme, Gimme, Gimme. I have to say, I hate medleys. I have always hated them. Some of my favorite, well, I'm not a huge Metallica fan, but they do medleys, or at least they used to, and I just, I hate them. Dio is notorious for it, and uh, that's, probably where, that's probably where Gin got the idea to do a medley, is from Dio, and I just hate them. Yeah, I can't think of anyone that I like that does medleys, and I was like, wow, what a great medley. Yeah, and then uh, Henry yells out, get yourself a hard time. <laughs> and then they go into another jam. It's 15 minutes total, this whole slip it in, gimme, gimme, gimme part. Which, you know, here's the thing for me. You talked about how you really like this album. I, I have it on LP, and that's how I know it. And so we're talking about just, a, just about all of side two is this slip it in, gimme, gimme, gimme thing. Yeah. And again, the reason I like this is is just its fate. It's the one that I had. Yeah, you for know? sure. I, I that's appreciate all, that. That's, yeah. yeah. And, uh, but it is still good. I mean, it's still good flag. Yeah. And then the LP ends with Drinking and Driving. I think we both really like this song. I remember, oh, yeah. I remember liking it uh, or agreeing that we both liked it during In My Head. Totally. This version's a total ripper. Uh, I love this song and I love this version is what I wrote. And then the CD and cassette end with Louie Louie, which is crowd pleaser. And that's it. That's who's got the ten and a half. Let's talk about the artwork. All right, well, let's talk about who recorded it. Live engineer was Drew Canulet. Very good. Live recording, Dogfish Sound. Probably, I'm guessing, like a Portland deal. Yeah. Uh, live assistant, Jeffrey Bruton. Tracking engineer, Dave Levine, that's Ratman. Mixed down, J.E. Sound, John Goodenough. I bet that's a pseudonym. <laughs> yeah. Mixed down, Michael Boshears. We've talked about him a lot recently. They were using him a ton. Live mix was Dave O'Clausen, who was their driver and roadie. And back photos and art, Naomi, Naomi Peterson. So I bet these photos were not taken at the Starry, Starry Night in Portland, because unless Naomi drove out for that. Yeah, well, let's 
it's uh, several different shows. You can just tell that because Greg has a few different shirts on, just oh, to start. Right. Yep. Just to start, and Kira, I'm pretty sure, has got two different outfits on. It's hard. It's real. It's hard to tell, but it looks different. Yeah, you're right. She does. Yeah. What's your favorite picture? Well, I'm torn between. I really like Greg's soccer and trust shirt with his yeah. duct taped up guitar. But I also like the one where you can see his red chucks. Yes, that's my fave, the red chucks pick for sure. Yeah. That's I love it because he he's just in full thrash with both red chucks. His pants are too short and you can see <laughs> he's got full chuck going on. It's awesome. He's got the Regis wear on. Yeah. It's awesome. Do you think they did this with like black duct tape on the back? Oh, what do you mean to like create this effect? Yeah. For the pictures? Uh, I don't know. It, to me, I think of Van Halen when I see this. Why? Is that like some artwork that they have on one of their albums? Well, like Eddie Van Halen's the, favorite, famous guitar, man. His, his guitar? Yeah. <laughs> this reminds you of that stripey guitar? Yeah. You know why his guitar is taped up like that, though, right? I don't. Regale he, me. He cut it all into pieces and then bolted it back together and taped up the cracks to change the sound of the guitar. No way. Way. Oh, man. The cover, uh, well, the cover, though, Ryan, what stands out to you on the cover? What do you see oh, there? Okay, I didn't know we were done the pictures. Well, so, well, are, are we not? There's so much more that I see in the pictures. Okay, keep going. What do you see? Well, I think this is the first spread, like full spread we get of Hank's back tattoo. True. We could see that in full display. I think he's like fully, fully done getting tattooed maybe here. Yeah. I, and I'm sure he had his shirt off as much as possible after he got this done. Yeah. Just guessing. The other thing that I really like is Kira appears to be sporting a blonde Rick 4001 base, yep. which is an awesome base. Yep. You'd appreciate that um, for all of its motorheadness, I'm sure. Anthony's kit's pretty small for a rock guy. Yeah, he only has one rack, Tom, mm -hmm. which is different than Bill, I think. Um, and he's got, like, no no surprise that he's playing the ride a lot. When you look, it looks like he's only got one crash symbol. Yeah. Yeah, and just lots of duct tape on that on the Dan Armstrong, which looks really awesome. Yeah. I think that's it. Now we can go to the front. And what was your question? What do I notice besides the What do you, what do you see? Besides the ruler? Okay, so what we're looking at is like a calendar, probably Chuck Dukowski's calendar, where he's booking a Black Flag tour. Yes, and you see all the bands, right? You see the dates, you see phone numbers, you see, uh, well, let's just see what we can pick out here. So the, 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 uh, the printing is not so good at times. <laughs> just yeah. going, just going across the top so it's for august the calendar for august slovenly is on here who we're going to be getting to you know in like 10 episodes or less is that dri on the day before good one looks like it could yeah be. man could be dc3 right above the t where do you see that oh yeah in, in august yep yeah Maybe the printing's not that bad, Brant. Maybe not. What else is on here? Looks like some percentages. 
lots of percentages. They're playing like at the, maybe they're being, playing at, at the Beat Club. They're playing Ryan in Edmonton at the university. Yep. I bet you they hated it. Yep. Because <laughs> it was probably cold in Canada in August, and they hated it. Did you see Ryan who booked their show in Vancouver? Uh, no. It's on the 16th. Look at that. Let me see here. It's buried. Laurie Mercer. Cool. Yeah. That's, tell tell uh, the people who Laurie Mercer is, right? The Laurie, Laurie Mercer is like no means no's manager of all time type thing. Yeah. And, uh, and also kind of a promoter and an agent. So that's cool. Todd in Calgary, hey, the day before. I wonder who that would be. Yeah. What years? Nineteen eighty five. Try phoning the phone number that's on there, man. <laughs> <laughs> Probably doesn't work. Looks like Victoria, hey, on the eighteenth. V I C T Vict. Yeah. So they took the ferry. That's a big one, you know. Like you have to make some serious dough if you're gonna take the ferry there and back. Way down here on the 22nd, Ryan, do you suppose they were playing with the band Death Sentence? Looks like it. That's cool. Yeah. Canadian, Lots of Canadian. Canadian kind of almost a metal band. Yeah, Canadiana. And I thought Death Sentence was from Toronto. They are, yeah. But then next day is in Portland, so Death Sentence must have been on tour and they crossed paths in Western Canada. Apparently the 23rd was maybe booked by the Slug Lord. <laughs> <laughs> course the slug lord was the 24th booked by eugene robinson is that what i'm seeing there uh eugene someone i don't know if it's robinson what else there's not much more you can really pick out tsol i see down on the under the w on who's where band possibly tsol oh yeah good one good eyes man yeah, it's hard to make out anything else. That might be it. Might be. It's cool, though. You know what, Chuck? If you've got these, man, you should release these as a book. If you have all these calendars, that yeah. would be awesome, man. Hey? Yeah, that'd be great. Not that Chuck listens to the show, but wow, that'd be great. Yeah. You should do that. There's no uh, no dead wax I checked, by the way. You have it on vinyl, hey? I do, yeah. Okay. Is there anything else in terms of artwork different? Like on the spine or anything? No. It's all pretty much the same? Pretty much the same, yeah. All right, man. Oh, yeah, I'm looking at the back. Mine says extended compact disc version. There you go. Maybe it's 11 and a half. All right. Uh, it's probably time for the ballot result. Ballot result. Do you have a pick, Ryan? I don't know. I really like the Loose Nuts songs. And yeah. I could go with I could go with any of them. But you're... I'm a I'm a big Black Flag fan, but you're a legit flaghead, so you should pick this one. I'm gonna go with I'm the one. Really? Yeah. Huh. I don't know. I really like this version of it. It's really good. Make it so. Ryan, what is next week? Next week, Brant, we're gonna get gone. Real gone for a change. It's SST sixty one. First gone LP. You know how gone we're going to get, Ryan? How gone? We've got Sim Kane as a guest. That's how gone we're going to get. Oh, man. We're I can't get wait. Real, a... real gone. For a change. For a change. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and it's a great interview. It's, uh, it's a huge thrill for me personally to hear from Sim Kane. 
Um, and I know it was for you. So, oh yeah, you know how hard it was, Ryan, not to ask him a zillion Rollins band questions. Oh God, that's all I would want to do. <laughs> that's that's it. That's it. I would be like, tell me everything about recording. Blah. You yeah. know, if if no. we, if you and me were in a room with like Sim Kane, it would be like an episode of the Chris Farley show. <laughs> yeah. Right. <laughs> Yeah, but it would for me honestly like that's my favorite version of Rollins band with with Sim, but with Andrew Weiss as well because I loved his bass playing. Yeah, for sure. Anyways, next week we'll, we're gonna get real gone with Sim Kane. Check it out. Hey everyone, thanks for listening. You can find us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, Tumblr, all at Mojack Pod. We post all kinds of info and tons of pictures of the bands and albums we discuss on the show. Our blog is mojackpod.com. Please check it out for some exclusive content. If you like what we do and want to support the podcast, the best way to do that is to tell your friends about the show. Subscribing, rating, and reviewing on iTunes is also appreciated. We love hearing your opinions, corrections, and feedback, so feel free to post on our social media sites and send us an email to mojackpod at gmail.com. Thanks again for all the support, and we hope to see you next week.